0: Hey, welcome back to my podcast, Steve Sally Study. It's been a very, very long time since I've done a podcast over Zoom. And the next guest I've got in front of me is a household name, certainly in America and, and definitely actually around the world. Lamour Morris, thank you very much for your time. It was an absolute pleasure to meet you on the Gumball Rally. And I think it was even a bigger pleasure to share the football uh football pitch with you uh, be, being on being on my being on each other's team at the uh, inter inter miami oh man thank you dude thank you for having me um yeah that gumball rally
1: was insane especially being on the football field i haven't played since i was like maybe eight years old eight or nine <laughs> and so that was a whoo that was an experience for me for sure
0: <laughs> well so I, I was going to introduce you by saying you're an actor, comedian, TV personality, but also seeing your skills on the soccer football pitch, you're, you're you're a bit of an athlete as well, mate. So, um, are you always been into your training? Always been been into your sport?
1: Basketball. You know what I mean? For sure, it was it was it was my sport of choice growing up. You know, I did I did play football, or football or soccer, however you you, you would call it, you know, I I, I grew up playing that with, uh, you know, my father was a coach and um, he played for the, you know, in Belize, he played for a while. He was their trainer, their coach. And and so I grew up in that um, in the training aspect of life. My brothers are all athletes. My sister studied martial arts, you know so that that's always been a thing for me i'm not gonna lie to you i got lazy as i became an actor (laughs) and stopped training as much but that's always been um the backbone of who i who i was
0: so so you're from a family of like go-getters winners and, and and strivers basically pretty much pretty much you can say that you know what i mean
1: my mom worked her ass off uh she retired a little bit ago, but she, she you know, worked for 40, 40 years at the post office and just has always been, you know, holding it down, you know, holding it down for the family. So that's that's my family.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. So before we get into your career and obviously what you're doing now and what you've achieved, et cetera, uh, the Gumbel Rally. I mean, when when... The offer was made by million because I, I. So my establishment here is we got a private art gallery in Soho, London. Okay? okay, Max is a big art collector, and that's how we got connected. And quite naturally, being a uh, someone who's very enthusiastic about cars and been following mm-hmm. the Gumball Rally, it was always in the back of my mind there could be an opportunity to do this Gumball Rally. Now, obviously, the 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 price to enter is quite hefty. But then I thought to myself, well, number one, I love cars. Number two, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love going to new places. Mm-hmm. But number three, the most important thing is connecting with new people. Yeah. And I've connected with so many brilliant people. And I've got to be honest, I don't there was not one there was not one dickhead on the Gumball Rally. Everybody yeah. was top class. I mean, I can't I can't even say one bad word about one person I right know. now. Which I'm kind of gobsmacked because usually if you've got 150 supercars or great <laughs> cars and there's minimum of two people in these yeah. cars, you probably would farm one or two dicks, but they, they weren't. Were not at and, all. Um, not at all. Not at all. So Gumball Rally, why did you go on to it? And was it your first time? Or, and are you planning to do more? Um,
1: first time. So it was my first time. I, back in 2015, I'm not sure if you can see this behind me, This poster here. Yeah. So that is barbershop. barbershop. That's me in the corner right here. And right next to me is Eve. So Eve is, you know, they're married. Max and Eve are married. And I knew, I met Max briefly back in the day when we did barbershop. And I didn't know anything about gumball, really. I mean, I'd heard about it, but I didn't know anything about it. And then years later cut to present day uh i hadn't spoken to eve in a while i i reached out when i was heading to london just to visit some friends and she said oh come by the office she just had a baby and said hey come by the office i'm not there but max is there so i said oh i'll go check out max and when i'm there i started walking around the office with him and he was giving me a, a tour of the office the place looked like a museum you know what i mean all these historical photos the art the art that was there, the 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 Rolls Royce bumper that had been smashed during a ride, you know, things like that. The history of of Gumball started coming to life for me. And and immediately I wanted to do it immediately. I said, hey, man, I had no intentions on ever doing this. I mean, I do love cars and I, and I do love people, but I just didn't know it was like this. Um, And I didn't know it wouldn't be a grueling race, you know, it it being a rally where people can commune and people can talk and get to know each other and hell even do business at times. I thought that's that's awesome. You know what I mean? I could put a, I can get a car with friends of mine. We can go. We can document the whole thing for our own personal purposes and just kind of bond a little bit Uh, that that's what what uh, attracted me to it and when he when he offered me the opportunity to go I I jumped on it you know what I mean and uh, I what's crazy is I knew exactly who I was going to call the moment I left uh, the gumball offices Uh, you know I, I immediately I have some wild friends who are always down for an adventure and so I called those few guys and uh and the rest is history
0: yeah, I mean, Gumball Headquarters is is incredible. It's like a place that you go there three or four times and you will see something new. And I think all the people there are very, very cool. They're all on the same page as far as like their mindset and how they are as individuals. Um, for me, I've never been to Canada, right? Yeah. So going to Toronto for the first time was amazing. Yeah. And then I have been to America, but I've been to the typical places. Yeah. Well, what, what Brits Brits would normally do, which is New York. Mm-hmm. I have been to Miami. I've been to LA. I've been to Vegas, mm-hmm. you know. But but places like Nashville yeah. and <laughs> Barnstown. Yeah. I mean what? Like Atlanta. They, these are places that unless I'm doing something like a gumball rally, I probably probably may never do them, or certainly not consecutively next to each other. And I've got to tell you, the, the place I was really blown away by was this Barnstown. Because yeah. it was so small. Got, I got there and being from London, mm-hmm. I mean, the women, I've got to yeah. tell you, I mean, I'm married, yeah. yeah, but they were coming over to me saying, can you just talk to me? Yeah. And I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, And I found it, I found it, I found it really like... Uh, <laughs> I just I just such an amazing experience and I'm, I'm glad I've ticked it off at least oh, yeah. once and I want to do it. plenty. More I've never I, listen, I, I'm from the States and I've never been to Bardstown. I'd never heard of Bardstown.
1: Yeah. So obviously, Neither you know, know, and, you know, being in the States, sometimes you get you get a little weary about certain small southern towns, especially if you're a black dude, you're like, is there a reason why I haven't been to Bardstown? Let me go check Bardstown. And you get there and it's beautiful. Everybody's so warm and welcoming and it's a great, I mean, I, I was blown away by it. You're right. And we were there for such a, a short period of time. But when you were there, you're, you're reminded of the, it's kind of, it's very mom and pop shop. It's very local and small and, and but, but huge at the same time. It was weird you know, the one, the one chef cooking for everybody in the restaurant and all the little pastries and the way they opened up the restaurant in their town for us. I just like,
0: this is, this is crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool place. Um, well, I'll ask you a question. The NASCAR experience. First time for me actually seeing a NASCAR in real Mm -hmm. life. Typically in Europe, we, we, we look at, mostly F1, yeah. so NAS is not really a big thing over there, but I've obviously, uh, I've, I've heard of it and I've seen it on TV, but to actually go into mm-hmm. one and to go around that loop three or four times at 170 miles per hour, something crazy yeah. like that, was absolutely like, that took my breath away. Yeah. What was your experience like? I wasn't going to do it
1: at first. I wasn't. I said, <laughs> "Really? listen, man, I got this weird mind where I think I'm going to be the guy who flips over in the car. I was like, it's going to be me like that. I'm sure that like final
0: destination. Exactly.
1: this is exactly <laughs> what it was. I thought my driver is going to be drunk. My driver is going to be, <laughs> you, know, you know, his foot's going to slip as soon as he hits the curb. And I, my friends did it first. And that was the, the issue. Peer pressure. My friends, they were like, we're fucking doing it. As soon as they got in, I thought, oh shit, now I gotta do it. And so I immediately after sitting in that car, I thought, why would I, why would I, question this this has been the most inc- I, like before I, the car even took off i thought this is going to be the most incredible experience <laughs> i've had you know i hate i'm the guy who hates roller coasters you know what i mean even though i used some work on them but i i i got in the car the moment we took off i thought this is an experience man this is i if i didn't do it i would have regretted it probably for the rest absolutely. of my life you know what i mean
0: uh, uh, absolutely yeah. and do you know what Getting Like, me being naive and being very, very thinking in a basic way, I'm thinking, well, how hard can it be? You're going round and round and round in a loop. But actually, being in that car and how it slides, especially as it's going around the yeah. corner, I've got so much respect for these drivers oh, now. Yeah. And it's something I'm definitely going to be following a, 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 a lot more. So, at the whole experience from Toronto all the way down to Miami, what would you say was your favourite part of the gumball and... Yeah, I mean, what what aspects really stand out for you?
1: Um, there, are, there are a bunch. There are a bunch. Um, you know, you know, if we're talking the, the 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 energy and the force behind the cars, you can feel it when you're out there. Um, the the jets flying overhead, you know, that was incredible to me. But I would say probably Nashville, only because you know we got a chance to to really kind of hang out a lot in Nashville. I think there are multiple parties or multiple gatherings in nashville and i've always wanted to go to nashville um at one point considered moving to nashville so i never um got a chance to experience it and i loved it and i definitely will, will be going back so I, i'd probably say nashville was uh as far as location goes was my favorite location but because i've been to florida a million times you know i had been to atlanta my, my show films in atlanta so i've been there a million times at toronto i, I recorded in toronto often So, you know, and I'm from the Midwest, so I've been to Indiana, but Nashville was probably the place. Now, as far as the experience goes, you know, it's going to sound cliche, but getting to know everybody and and getting to know different folks from different uh, countries and different walks of life with different levels of experience as far as travel and cars and all this stuff goes, just hearing people speak about, you know the things that matter to them was incredible to me. Um I'm a huge, like you said, sports fan. So Ken Griffey Jr. um was their legend. legend. I mean I the fact that I got a chance to like shoot the shit with him and he gave me a pair of shoes and we talked and goofed off and you know we have each other's phone number. I was like this is like this is silly. Like what in what other aspects <laughs> of life will I become cool with Ken Griffey Jr. So that to me was uh, probably uh,
0: the biggest takeaway from it. What about you? G- what about you? G- Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, very similar experience to what you had with Ken uh-huh. Griffin Jr. I'm, uh, look, my main sport is boxing because mm-hmm. I fight myself mm-hmm. um, and I, I enjoy watching it. But I would say a second sport, Uh, that is a big culture certainly in London is soccer or or football as we call it and I'm a Chelsea supporter Mm -hmm. and having Sean Wright Phillips who used to play for Chelsea Mm -hmm. on my side and actually him passing the ball to me (laughs) that was that was like (laughs) fucking hell this is this is mental. Yeah. Like I'm in David Beckham Stadium into Miami. Yeah. <laughs> I've got so many cool people. There's other athletes and there's actors and there's entrepreneurs, etc. But I've got a Chelsea legend playing football with me. And it's like, this is really surreal. Yeah. So that, that was great. The only thing I would have done differently there is had a bit more sleep the night before because I was absolutely Ooh. wasted. Dude,
1: I was, I was gone. My head was killing me. Uh, I'm not sure if you noticed. I retired after I came out the first time. That was my uh, (laughs) retirement party. My head. I did. I did a couple laps up and down the field, and I said, "This is, this is too much for my head right now." Uh, Yeah, dude. I could imagine, man, getting the chance to to play with somebody who you who's part of your upbringing, part of part of the the club you support. Like that's got to be surreal, you know. And and when does that happen? When does that gumball is why never happens.
0: You know. yeah exactly so the car you drove a rolls-royce yes. correct we drove the rolls-royce ghost why a rolls-royce now i'll tell you why i asked this me and my business partner were weighing this up we were thinking do we go with something luxury like a rolls-royce which is going to be comfortable boot space etc or do we do something which is theater dramatic uncomfortable but fucking cool in the lamborghini that's why and we end up going for the lamborghini so i'm just want to get in your mind what why, why go for a rolls-royce
1: so originally when it was pitched to me it was you know folks bring their own cars and you know or sometimes they can rent cars or so you know however you want to get the car to the location or whatever you want to do i drive uh, a lamborghini urus um lovely and at the time i was considering selling it now that's an suv so i was thinking i was going to sell it so i don't want to put any more miles on it i thought it's sitting in my garage i just thought "Mm, maybe i was like maybe i'll take it but then by the time i made up my mind shipping would have been ridiculous price and on top of that the, the timing of it 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 wasn't working out. You know, there would have been some delays. And I mean, you could go to Detroit to get their car and then bring it back. And a lot of cars were stuck at the port. So in order to avoid that, we reached out to a company who were renting the cars. And I said, well, it's going to be four of us, this car. And this is my first time doing it. So I couldn't drive a two-seater. I couldn't drive an Aventador or a Huracan, or anything like that or a McLaren. There was no way. There's no way I was going to be able to do that with, with four people. Unless we're gonna sit on each other's laps, and so let me tell you something, that would have been odd. It would have been very odd <laughs> to have four dudes. And, it just, you know. and so uh, we went with the roles. I wanted the Cullinan in originally because I wanted to go pure absolute luxury in space, but we ended up going with yeah. the ghost instead because the Cullinan wasn't available, and that's why we we we, we went
0: that route. Well, look, uh, great, great car. And uh, was your experience driving that car a, a good one? Yeah, yeah, it was. Although I do
1: think somebody was fucking with us. At some point, our AC went out. And that was somewhere oh. between Indiana and, and Nashville. <laughs> we were like. Oh, no good. Right, at Yeah, start. I thought. Yeah, I thought, this is—is is this one of those hazing things that people were talking about? Uh, the DDE guys. I thought maybe they did it, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Still to this day, I figure I'm thinking somebody was was, was messing with
0: well, us. Well, to, to, to last thing on the the gumball before I get on, get into like you know what what you've achieved and stuff. Do you, I don't know if you heard what happened to us. No. Um, and I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to top you here, but <laughs> this this could this could have got really 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 uh. It could have gone really bad for us. So basically, when we, when we took off from Toronto, not actually from the uh, flag drop part, mm-hmm. but the, all the cars were parked outside the Four yeah. Seasons. Then we drove to another part where they were doing the announcements and we were sitting there for some mm-hmm. time. And the DDE boys were just behind us. We had Pog Forever just mm-hmm. behind us. There was a load of people walking around. Anyway... A, I would call, car kind of enthusiast, car spotter, a young man, Mm -hmm. came over to the car, looked at the engine bay, and he went, dude. I went, what? I went, you got a problem? I went, what do you mean I got a problem? He went, you got a serious problem? And I said, well, what? And he said, look at the suspension. Now, I'm no mechanic, Mm -hmm. so I don't know what I'm looking at. And the suspension goes sideways in the Lamborghini Mm -hmm. Aventador. And one side had dipped and it was noticeable but only because he showed it to me and then I said well me being me me being a a, a man and being a bit lazy mm-hmm. about it i just said oh, it'll be all right you know it'd be fine because car was performing right there was no warning lights on everything in my mind was fine he said it's fine going at low speeds but the moment you go fast if you hit a pothole the car could tank that way and you might slide off and crash so anyway, I thought, you know what? I need to get a second opinion. So I brought Damon over from DDE. Mm-hmm. I asked him. He said, no, this, this is serious. This, this could be. He said, let me put it like this to you. Have you heard of Paul Walker who died? Yeah. Well, that's allegedly what happened to his car Ooh. in the GT. The, 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 it, the suspension collapsed and it banked one way and he, he crashed. So anyway, I had to call up the the company. I had to drive 45 minutes away to go and get the suspension sorted. It took a few hours. So I was half a day behind everybody. I got to Detroit when you guys were getting to Nashville. Sorry, to Indianapolis. Whoa. Mate. It was it was carnage mate. I was so stressed, like stressed. Oh, oh my god. But anyway, we caught we we caught up with you guys. I I got to the Indy 500 race with um probably about 2 hours left. So really? um yeah, thankfully thankfully it worked out, but if the guy had not seen the suspension, who knows what could have happened. And the second thing is, how many mechanics have a spare Lamborghini suspension part just yeah. sitting around? <laughs> I mean, someone was looking down 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 on us that day and uh, I was very very thankful that we got it sorted. but um, well, well, look, I look yeah.
1: at it this way you you got it fixed, you got it sorted. man, I was hot, man. I was so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hot in that car man. <laughs> we remembered ice on each other's necks like, oh my God, <laughs>
0: dude, that would have been horrible, so- man. Yeah, I'm. But I mean, look, maybe nothing would have went wrong. But just after hearing what Damon said and a few other people, I'm, I'm glad I got it sorted. But um, so look, um, your sitcoms, some some of the ones that people would know of, New Girl, uh, Valley of uh, Boom, and then you obviously got films like Jumanji. You've been in yesterday, and then commercials. I actually saw you on a billboard in Toronto, I think, as well. Uh, Taco Bell Twix, I love Twixes. Microsoft Windows, etc. I mean, wh- when when I say all this stuff, and uh, uh, like you got a massive yeah. following on on Instagram, yeah. one point one million followers, sorry. are you still there? Yeah, sorry, but I yeah, we, we froze uh, a bit. We, we broke up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- when when I say all this stuff, and you know, you got a big following, and you've been in some blockbuster films, do you ever like? Because I think you are two years older than me. I think thirty eight yeah. years of age, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Do you ever like look back and think? wow like can't believe i'm kind of kind of almost here i mean because you've you've achieved so much yeah like. i
1: i every once in a while i have to stop and and remind myself of uh you know the journey of the you know I, I used to study at this place called second city and and the philosophy there was um embrace the journey you know it's not always about where you're going it's like it's what happens when you get there yeah, yeah. you know you're just there and then you got to keep trying to, you know, achieve new things if you want. It's about the journey. And, man, I had some ups and downs in this business. And so to see where I am now and to look back on some of the things that I've done. Um, yeah, man, it, it it puts a smile on my face at times because it wasn't easy. I, I could tell you that much. I know the beginning of the journey was was very rough, you know, from living in my car for a little bit to, you know, uh, borrowing or actually walking down the street. You know, in LA, you know, as if I'm just taking a stroll, but folks didn't know I was looking on the ground for money. You know, I didn't want to go begging for money, but I would look for quarters on the ground, and you know, every day I'd find enough to buy a sandwich for the day. And like sometimes that's how I ate. You know, and to to look back on it, uh, it's insane. It's insane. The commercial days, especially because I booked my first commercial on accident in a way. I was running late. I I was running late for an audition. I would take the bus about three hours to get to to get to get this place just to walk in and say, hmm, this Twix tastes great, and then leave. You know what I mean? You do all that. And then one day I was late for an audition and the, the casting director asked me if I had read the material. And I lied and said, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I read it, I
1: read it. And I got in the room and just started improvising and making shit up. And then that's what booked me the job. And then I realized, you know, that struggle was what, it was what kind of made me instinctually use the skills that I actually have, my instincts, which is improv and making things up off the top of my head. And then that's the rest of my career. Um That's kind of how the rest of the any project that excuse me, any project I ever worked on, whether it be New Girl or Woke or, you know, like you said, Valley of the Boom or some of these movies, they allow that to make things up. And I didn't know I had that skill so much, you know, until I was struggling to you know <laughs> to get to this audition. Um so yeah I look back on the journey often and uh and it just reminds me of you know you know where we all started.
0: Yeah. I mean look um I've been to LA Hollywood um and there's always that big dream of you know becoming making yeah. it you know inverted comments making it and we all know that you know many people don't get through you know there there are a lot of people that not gonna say they fail but it's just they don't get that break mm-hmm. you know and you know it's easy for friends certainly family members and also parents who love and care for you to not try and put you off your dream because they they they, they they're being negative they're just trying to look out for you right um, so so there must have been times among in your life where You know, you're looking for quarters to buy a sandwich. You would sleep in your car. You're basically like almost homeless. And friends and family would have turned around out of love, not out out of disrespect and said, why don't you just get a conventional job? How did you maintain that positivity and that determination and that sheer belief to become the person you are today? Man, I tell you, uh, friends,
1: you know, friends around me who wouldn't allow that. You know, my friends knew we all we're all very talented folks, you know, in my group of friends, and so they, they knew where the struggle was, and they knew where it was coming from, and they knew it, that th- this has to happen in someone's journey. You have to go through this this patch, you know, and um, and you don't. Know, sometimes you know you need the help, but you don't always want it. So what I made sure I didn't do was tell a lot of my family what was going on (laughs) you know because i i know my mom like my mom knew a little bit but i know she would have been like well you'll bring your ass home (laughs) you know and so i i i made sure that i i stuck through it and uh grinded it out you know your friends they obviously and your family they obviously care about you and they want to see what's best for you but they were with me from the beginning of the journey so they know that there was a goal in mind and, you know, it's, it's a marathon. You're going to go through those things. So if you give up, if you have that plan B, sometimes you're going to fall back on it. And I didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? And my plan B was something I wasn't the best at, which is basketball. So I was like, oh, this shit,
0: don't work <laughs> out. I'm going to the NBA. <laughs> and we know that wouldn't have worked out. No. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 like taking you back to when you was looking on the floor for quarters and stuff, and uh, I'm just trying to live in that moment like you were. Like it must have been hot, you know, people are around, and you know, I get the impression that you didn't want to go kind of asking for money because it could it might have felt a bit embarrassing. Yeah. So you're trying to do it on the sly, yeah. looking looking for yeah. money. How did you like? Because there's going to be a lot of young people out there that are trying to pursue something, whether it's entrepreneurship or being in music or acting or or playing playing a sport or something like that but the emotion gets the better of them sometimes and it deters them from their dreams their aspirations Mm -hmm. and their goals how did you like kind of block out the emotion and say do you know what doesn't matter what i'm feeling right now whether i'm hungry whether i feel a bit desperate whether i feel the anxiety Mm -hmm. of not achieving i am gonna get to my goal how how, how did you kind of condition yourself there
1: there has to be some sort of i think in doing what we do, there has to be some sort of unrealistic, uh, confidence that you have to have. Sometimes it's, sometimes it comes off as delusional, you know what I mean? You have to dare, you have to, to, to shoot that shot. You have to, you have to go big and go aggressive at times, because if you don't, you won't, you won't change your circumstance, you know? So that's how I did it, man. I just, I just knew that even though I wasn't in the right place, I always thought, oh, I'm not in the right place right now because I haven't worked hard enough. Like that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. I haven't worked hard enough. The opportunity hasn't presented itself yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep working even harder. You know what I mean? And so there are days when friends would go out and you know we're gonna go out grab some drinks. We're gonna do this, and I'd say ah, I'm just gonna stay at home. And I would stay at home. Um, you, you know, and and and. Look up monologues, you know. Watch movies with my favorite performances. Study them. See what makes these actors different. Like, what are they doing? What are like? I, I would do that as, as opposed to going out. And I and I, you know, I would sign up for free acting classes all over the city and just go and sit and watch other all the rest of the younger actors who are in town. What are they doing? How are they performing? You know, where am I at compared to them as far as skill level? Oh shit! There's an actor in his class who's Fucking incredible. Okay, that means I got to work harder. That means I got to work hard. I'm not on that. I'm not on his level or not on her level yet. It, I became a student of it, and to a certain degree, I became a hermit. <laughs> you know, which isn't great, but I I had to go through that in order to block out some of everything else. And then once you come from out of that shell, you have all this confidence and you have this ability and this skill set, and it just yeah. happens. You know, like I said, my my big break kind of happened. On accident, because I was late, you know, for something. But I, it, I used the thing that I've been working on to to get me out of that rut of being late and not knowing my lines. You know, it's like a it's like yeah. an animal in a cage. You know,
0: they know that they got to scrap their way out. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a, a, another question that um, I don't know if you've been asked this a lot, but when I ever I I speak to let's say high profile people, a lot of the people I've interviewed are like athletes, boxers, soccer players, etc. Fame, the question comes up with fame because obviously being very good at what you do, you become mm-hmm. famous. Um, fame, I mean like, is it something that you relish? Something you enjoy? Is it something that kind of freaks you out from time to time? What's your like kind of relationship with fame? You know, I, I used to equate fame with success.
1: Back in the day, you know, you used to see me coming up, you're like, man, I, I wanna be famous. But you then realize that's not what you want you want you want to be respected for what you do so you can continue to do it at your own level and your own pace and control your career now fame sometimes comes with that and i've been fortunate enough to to have a great relationship with fame you know the the people that know me that come up to me to say hi the people that um, embrace what it is that i do are 99.9% 99.9% of the time, awesome people. They, they just want to show some love. They'll come up with this bump. Hey bro. I love you, dog. Hey, can I have a photo? Yeah. Can you say hi to my kid? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's a positive experience, you know? Um, you know, so I got lucky in that. I got lucky that I don't, I don't have the, I can, I, I can still go to the mall, you know, I can, yeah, I'll have to take a bunch of photos and stuff, but it's, it's, great. You know, that's, that's people showing their appreciation for what I, for what I do remember living in your car for a little bit. That was, uh, that could be, you know, you're very grateful. So when, when people, um, want to show some, some love towards you, I remember there was a time when I, so prior to, you know, being in and out of my car, I used to have a show on a network called BET and I used to be a VJ, like a video host. And, so for two years, two, three years, I was on TV. I was on BET. and done a couple commercials. But then afterwards is when I went broke, after when I moved to L.A. And I remember going to an audition and sitting on the bus. And this girl goes, she goes, oh, my God, can I get a picture with you? And I was like, uh, yeah, 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 sure. Because it had been a while since someone had recognized me. And I was like, uh, yeah. And then the guy she was with goes, that ain't him stupid why would he be on the bus and i got so like low i got so embarrassed i was like Shit. and the way he looked at me was like you know this dude pretending to be that dude for like that's like like that's a shame you know what i mean or oh my god this guy fell off we don't want a photo with him whatever the thought process was kind of hurt me a little bit you know what i mean so when people do show their appreciation for me I embrace it. Like, I welcome it. I talk to fans on, I go back and forth with fans in my comments or on Instagram or in DMs or people message me all the time, you know, and I respond as much as I can. I'm not Justin Bieber. you know what I mean? He can't go anywhere. Like, I'm not The Rock. He can't leave his house. Mm -hmm. That's That might be strange. You know what I mean? Like, if it ever got to that level, then you might have to have some sort of restriction just based off of safety. Um, i have a daughter you know what i mean i don't want there to be any kind of issues going on with her or my family but besides that man i embrace it i walk with crowds and say hi to people and people are usually pretty yeah. cool
0: i think as well bro this is my inter- this is my my experience just meeting you in the gumball playing football with you mm-hmm. obviously having a conversation now you're always smiley <laughs> and you're always cracking some kind of joke and i think it makes you very very approachable which is such a great thing. Now if you was a different kind of actor, like play a role of a hard man or a gangster, it might it might be quite intimidating to approach you, you know? Yeah. So so I think I think I think you're very approachable, you're very relatable and you you you're a super super good guy. Yeah. Um, on the note of like uh, highs and mm-hmm. lows, can you tell me what, what would you say that the lowest period that you've been in? Was it when you were kind of sleeping in your car or looking for the coins? And then on the flip side, what's been the highest kind of mostly, you know, where you got the most uh, most amount of satisfaction from your career? Well, when, when was that? What sort of time was that?
1: Um, it, certainly the low is in that time period when I was in and out of my car. Um, but surprisingly, surprisingly, the low emotionally where I felt the lowest um, was, was when I was already on a television show and I don't know why to be quite honest with you I don't know why I don't know I had gone through this like four or five month bout with like, a, like extreme depression and I didn't know what it was I, I was on the show New Girl um, we had Prince we were doing an episode with Prince and I remember being in that episode totally unhappy and I just thought this is a real thing because it had been going on for a couple like months and then Prince was on the show and I thought well this will get me out of it for sure I'm working with Prince I didn't care (laughs) I didn't care at all I was like in my own funk and until this day I never pinpointed what was wrong I never pinpointed I felt like it got bad like it got really really bad and I I, a lot of it I thought could have been you know no The idea that no matter that money doesn't buy you happiness, right? Here I am successful, you know, taking care of my family and, you know, I'm in this great position in life. I'm on the show that everyone loves. People, people see me and they go, oh, I love your work. So I'm validated in all aspects of life. You know what I mean? And then but you realize there are other aspects of your life that are probably missing or you're lacking it. Maybe my relationship wasn't going well or, you know, and then you go, man, money can't solve these problems like at all. So it's, it's probably in that time period where I physically felt the lowest because even when I was broke back in like 2008, two thousand two thousand nine, 2009, I want to say in and out of my car, even during, in that year, I was Already, I, I, I had never experienced like extreme highs yet. So being in that position was just part of the grind for me. You know what I mean? It was just part of being an actor. You know, a lot of actors were in my position. A lot of actors, a lot of my friends are couch surfing, you know. So I was low, but I was like, I didn't know it yet, you know, until hmm. I reached this height and still felt bad. So that was probably 2011 2012, maybe 2012, I could say was probably a good low point for me. High man. It's weird. Like the other day, the other day I sat on, the, I have my daughter's almost two years old and like, you know, she ran on the couch and just jumped on me and just like cuddled. <laughs> you know, that's wow. that. And it, at, in that moment, like there are there no issues, there's nothing. everybody's fine like everybody's healthy everybody's happy everybody's you know like these are you know it was interesting i don't know what it was about that moment but i felt like like i'm on top of the world i just sold my house i made a good profit from it like i just come back from gumball like i was like what you know this this is great Like, like this is awesome man like i don't need a vacation for a while um so i would probably say now is a good period in my life where i feel i feel great i feel you know i'm extremely positive and um you know i'm excited for what's coming next i i'm working you know trying to create other opportunities for myself and for my friends and like that's a good position to be in because you don't get the opportunity to do that often
0: you know yeah what you just said there about your daughter I mean I've got two uh, boys uh, Mason just over three years of age nice. and I've got Logan who's eight oh, months congrats. and um, th- thank you man and it little things they will do will either make me laugh or make me feel like important because I'm their dad yeah. and you get this real like inner centre feeling mm-hmm. that that everything else falls away and you just in the moment you're like this is this is fucking yeah. great like this is this is what life life's all about and I know it's cliche but the best things in life are free. Yeah. Um, and when I when I was younger, I thought having the Lamborghini, the Ferrari or the Porsches or the nice watches or the homes, don't get me wrong, they're all great yeah. and I'm still going to strive for them. But really and truly, when you strip all that away, it's actually like the connection that you have with the family or the friends and, and, and them experiences. I do want to go back to kind of unearth what you said earlier about the depression, mm-hmm. not to antagonize you, but it's such a hot topic mm-hmm. at the moment, talk about mental health, depression, anxiety, ex- etc. And it was a taboo subject for many mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And someone who is high profile, mm-hmm. very successful, most people would be like, ah, nah, m- actors, millionaires, yeah. successful people, they don't go through depression because they've got everything yeah. in, in mm-hmm. the world. How can they possibly go through it? So was there any moments where you felt suicidal was there moments where you felt i need to turn to drug or drink was there any uh, times where you felt there's going to be like self 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 harm or abuse and how did you actually overcome it like what was the steps that you went through to you know tackle your demons yeah i, I I'll, I'll be honest yeah
1: i did i was suicidal and then i i, I didn't i never made the attempt for sure but i tell you i fantasized about it often like is that what i should be doing like how do i get out of this yeah, you know, I didn't know like I when I say it came from out of nowhere it came from out of nowhere one day I woke up pissed <laughs> I was just in a bad mood and it got worse and worse and worse the way I would treat people talk to people you know I was by myself I didn't want to you know I don't know what it was but you know and I, I I would think about it often and you know I had a girlfriend at the time and one day whenever I'd wake up she would make me uh you know, a healthy like juice or a smoothie. It's like random shit in it. I didn't know what the hell was in this chlorophyll and all kinds of, it was disgusting. But I would do it. I would drink it, you know. She'd go on walks, make me go on walks. I would exercise, you know. It was my diet <laughs> that got me out of it. I'm not joking. I, 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 I came out of it, but I. that's the only difference in my life at that time. And sometimes I'll think back on it and I'll go, I think that's what it was. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I know for sure I I lost weight. I, I stopped drinking as much. Um, I just, I, I, in fact, I think I stopped drinking for a long time and my mind just became clearer and you just, you, you find value in other things in life. You know what I mean? Other other than the things that you think were supposed to fulfill you. Um, uh, Hiking all the time that, like my mind i think maybe vitamin d levels were low stuff like that that i didn't realize would change my perspective or change the my mental clarity so i want to say the diet probably is what got me out of it i don't know that it for that i don't know that to be a 100% true but it's got to be but when i was in it you know i again i didn't make the attempt to to take my own life but i thought about it and i drank like drinking was, you know. You know, that was like the easiest thing to do. I would like drink to go to sleep and uh and you know, wake up and like go to work and you know, come back home and you know, time for time for some more drinks. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, that that wasn't great. And you know what? What's interesting is that you could see it on camera too. Like I was looking at I was looking at my face on camera, the circles under my eyes. I was like, yeah, damn, well you you look fucked up. <laughs> it's like, what is what's up with you, dog? So, yeah, um, maybe exercise got me out of it, a diet, maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that. I used to be a part of a wellness company called Mimboso, and a big part of it was food hacking and, mm-hmm. and nutrition and diet. And uh, they say all food has frequency. If, you've got, if you're eating junk food, taking drugs, drinking, smoking, etc., it's a bad frequency and that goes into your body. I know this can sound a bit far-fetched, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't resonate with your cells and your brain, et cetera. But when you eat superfoods, natural mm-hmm. foods, things that are clean, that's how it resonates with your body and then you start feel, feeling up and positive and you sandwich that with exercise, man, you're, you're going to be superhuman. Yeah. It really is as simple as that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay, you, you mentioned something earlier about like, uh, I think, money, fame, etc. Like what actually motivates you, bro? Like 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 you're successful now, so why don't you just hang up the gloves? I know you're not gonna do that because <laughs> you're still young, but what motivates you? Why do you still do what you do today? Man, I'm
1: passionate about it. I'm passionate about you know my goal isn't in, in life isn't the I mean it's great to to be able to financially um have some freedom, you know. Um but my go I, I, I like to think that my purpose is to make people laugh or entertain folks you know what i mean i i found that i used to do it as a kid and, and adults would laugh and they would go ah oh, that was funny you know you could see a smile on people's faces even no matter how stupid the joke is i don't mind making fun of myself i don't mind like getting silly and getting strange at my own expense you know i just love to see people smiling um and that positive energy definitely helps me as well. When people smile, it's interesting. You walk down the street and somebody smiles at you, you smile back and it's infectious, infectious, man. And I think when everyone's in a positive mood, you know, you can, you can, you can stop a lot of bullshit in the world. You know what I mean? If everyone is genuinely just happy and excited and um, you know, obviously we go through ups and downs as human beings. That's what makes us human. But like at our core, like if there's a happiness inside of you, I think that, the world would be a lighter place. There would, would be less tension between people, between races, between countries, between political parties. I think so. I perform to make people smile, you know. And um, even if I were just doing it, not just, but even even if I was just teaching, you know, improv or comedy, like that would be like, that be that'd be cool to me because I I'm helping create other people who know how to, who then go off and make people smile, you know what I mean? And um, that that's why I do it. Uh, I'll never get tired of, of getting that gratification from seeing people smile, you know.
0: That's great stuff. Um, I always like to ask this, uh, you know, whether people are athletes or entrepreneurs or people, you know, in, in, in your craft, um, there must've been some actors or people that you've worked with, where you thought, "Fuck, they're a big deal. They really motivate mm-hmm. me. They really inspire me." Can you name a few who you would say are the best people that you've ever worked with, and people you thought, "You know what? That's a solid individual right there." I love, I love what they're all about. Man,
1: you know, the, my first show, New Girl. You know, most of us actors were all on the same level when we first got on that show, and they motivated me because they. they you saw how sharp and how gifted they were at their craft and you, you, you're playing catch up a little bit. And I always want to work with people who are better than me so I could keep growing. You know what I mean? So I would say that first, that first initial, you know, series new Girl, the whole cast kept me on my toes because they were always on the A game always. And going forward, you know, working with somebody like a, like a Vin Diesel, for example, like I worked, I did a movie called Bloodshot with Vin Diesel and that dude, man, you know, that dude, when I say what I say is thinking about all aspects of the business while he's working blows my mind. Like we're doing we're doing a scene where I have to say this line and he'll he'll after the cut, he'll go back and come to my ear and say, hey. You know, maybe you try it like this. Blah, blah, blah. This is going to be a line they use for the trailer. So this next take, say it. It's going to sound cheesy, but say it like this, because that's the take they'll use for the trailer. And you're like, what the fuck is this man talking about? <laughs> like, come on, I'm not doing that. And then you do it and then they use it in the trailer. And then he's looking at you like, the way you know, like, this is what, this is what we're going to do. Like, this is how the business is. So look, at, he, 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 you know, he was somebody who I admire based off of not only his, his skill set, but based off of how he sees things as a business entity as well. You know what I mean? Ownership of your IP, ownership of the things that you do. Um, and, you know, uh, there, there are lots of folks who I could, you know, pull from and, and and see how they operate. But in this, the movie Barbershop that I did, man, that was a lesson. That was a lesson in comedy. Like, if you get a chance, go watch Barbershop, the next cut. Cedric the Entertainer, J.B. Smooth, you know, Anthony Anderson, Dion Cole, this cast, Ice Cube, obviously, you know, this cast was so good and so funny. There's something called a table read, is when you just sit there and you read the script out loud with the whole cast. And you have to read it verbatim. Whatever's on the page, you have to read it so the writers and producers can know what's working and what's not working. Well, in the table read, J.B. Smoove starts improvising and going off script and then him and Cedric the entertainer start improvising and going back and forth so much that the rest of the cast is in tears. And I thought, well, how, how the fuck did they do that? They're so confident. They're so skilled and they're so gifted at what they do. It just helped me to elevate my level of performance when whatever set that I'm on, I have to be, I, you know i have to be big i have to be um you know there is no half-ass in it when you're at work that's what separates these folks from the rest for the rest of us you know what i mean so you 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 keep elevating you keep you know bringing your a game like they do they bring their a game from the table read you know what i mean full performance mode and so yeah. that right there barbershop was, was was a was a lesson for me
0: admittedly I haven't watched it yeah. so I'm now gonna watch oh, yeah. it and I'm gonna dedicate uh some time yeah. over this weekend to definitely sit down and watch mm-hmm. it and I'll give you my feedback yes. over Instagram I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a little message um I want to ask you just two more questions because I know your, your time is quite mm-hmm. precious so um 38 years of age you got so much time ahead of you bro mm-hmm. like to achieve so much so many cool fucking things um do you ever think about things like winning Oscars winning certain Trophies within your sector, accolades, etc. What, what, like basically, in the next five or ten years, what are you going to achieve? What are you going to experience? What are you going to do? You
1: know, I used to, I used to love the idea of winning awards and, and getting these accolades, and I still like the idea. Now, I don't love, I'm not in love with the idea. I like the idea because it, it's, it's, it kind of, it's almost like this. There are people that I admire, and selfishly, I want. Like, I selfishly want Denzel Washington to know who I am. (laughs) You know what I mean? I want Eddie Murphy to know who I am. And so if I win an Oscar or if I get nominated for an Emmy or something like that, then they would know who I was. And then we'd be, hopefully we'd be peers. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's small little things like that, that those are benchmarks for me internally to have someone who's clearly an iconic figure or clearly someone who's mastered your craft. To recognize you in a positive light, and I feel like that would be the validation for getting an award like that. Is to hopefully have the respect of some of the elder folks that have come before you and get them together to say, "Oh, we think you did a great job." Now, besides that, it's all about the fans to me. It's all about the fans. Like, it's if the fans love it, that's what I'm doing it for. You know what I mean? If the fans are like, like that's that's in five or ten years, I hope to still be able to have a great relationship with fans and fans to love and respect what it is i do now on more of a surface level i want to be a damn superhero like i want to be i want to be in one of these marvel or dc movies as an iconic character and just having so much fun on set you know doing stunts wearing wires you know being in this fantasy land of like you know of the movies like that's that's something that I've always, I've always wanted to, to do, especially now having a kid. Like I want my daughter to say, Oh, like daddy, you were in that movie with this person and oh my favorite super you know, like that, like I want her to, I don't know. I want her to like, aside from being her father, like I want her to look at my work too and, and, and be impressed by it. Cause it's something that she can escape to when she's watching TV. You know what
0: I mean? So well, when you said superhero, I thought straight away for some reason you could be the next Deadpool. Man, you kidding me? I would love to. Are you fucking kidding me? Because he's fun. He's funny, he's funny yeah. but he's also hard as nails. Exactly. You know. So I think I think you could play that part really well. You
1: call Ryan Reynolds, man. Call him and tell him to get. I'm gonna call a, him right now. You. I know. I know right. y'all are friends.
0: Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Cool. This is the last question. Mm-hmm. Then. Okay. So. When I started my first company when I was younger, 24, 25 years of age, it was a sales company. Mm -hmm. And to keep all the sales people motivated, we come up with a a mantra, Mm -hmm. yeah? And the mantra goes like this. Be happy, never content. Now, bearing in mind, this was sales. This is performance-related, commission-only, striving to be the best, male-dominated environment. There were some females, but mostly male And it was all about keeping people in a peak state. Now, I've got my own interpretation of what Be Happy, Never Content means. Mm -hmm. But if I were to ask yourself, what does Be Happy, Never Content mean to Mr. Morris?
1: Find the the joy in life, no matter what it is, but always strive to continue to to search. You know what I mean? Just got to search. You got to be looking and finding the little nuggets in life. Life has so much this this planet, even this universe is so so massive. You know, dream bigger, man. Just keep 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 pulling from the universe and keep pulling from wherever you, you know, wherever you see yourself. Just find the happiness. You know what I mean? Because the moment you stop looking forward, the moment you stop enjoying it, is you hit a stalemate. That's when you get old and that's when you that's when you're ready to check out. You know what I mean? I think you always You'll always find a new adventure in life. Um, it's interesting. I used to say, as far as relation, like talking about relationships, I, I would say, who knows who my soulmate is? You know how massive this world is? <laughs> who knows? Like, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep searching until I find this person. She doesn't mean she has to live, you know, in L.A. just because I'm in L.A. She could be in Afghanistan for all I know. I've never been to Afghanistan. <laughs> Maybe I'll go to Afghanistan. What makes me happy this week? You know, I think that's what it means to me.
0: <laughs> world-class answer thank you very much for your time bro you. you've been a fantastic guest i've learned a lot from you and uh listen i want to stay connected with you if i'm ever back in america which i will be no mm-hmm. doubt be nice to hit you up and um hopefully i'll see you in another gumball yes
1: indeed man i want to come to the next europe one and uh we'll see bro we'll see but i'm going to come i'm definitely going to That's come good. to europe uh before then so uh i'll check you out one night when i come i'll shoot you a note
0: well, listen, we're we're in Soho, London. We've got a private art gallery here. In actual fact, I think we're probably moving to Mayfair soon. Okay. So by the time you get over, maybe we're being our new fancy establishment. Nice. And um, yeah, I'll just show you what show you what we're doing. Nice,
1: here. man! I can't wait, bro! I can't yeah. wait.
0: Cool. Right. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy your day. Thank you very much, and uh, always remember to be happy, never content. Thank you, man. You as well. Always wipe from front to back. <laughs> <That's> my... <laughs> That's Fact. my motto. That's <laughs> my motto. Ireland, <laughs> right, bro. God Thank bless. you, man. You too. Take it easy. Take care, man. Right. Bye, mate. Bye.